adventures between the Arctic and Antarctic. Listen to Arvid Fuchs on the Ocean Change podcast. Welcome to this podcast episode. This is Bärbel in Hamburg. Hi, hi. And this is Arvid in Bad Bramstedt. Hey, Arvid, you're not on the shipyard. Not today. So there's a lot of office work waiting for me. And uh, so organizing a new expedition needs a lot of paperwork as well or computer work. And uh, But tomorrow morning I will drive back to the shipyard and uh, see how the situation is. So there are some crew members on board who still work and varnishing and painting and, and the ship rights are still at work. And uh, so hopefully uh, we will be finished soon. Do you already have a date when Dagmar will be back in the water? Uh, not really, but I think it will not take very long because uh, the shipwrights are making good progress. And uh, so we, we are keen to, to bring the boat back into the water because that's where she belongs to. And, <laughs> and uh, so uh, it's, it's also, it's, uh, it, it's, it feels good when the boat gets back into the water. And uh, so uh, I think it might be a matter of a couple of days and then she will be floating again. Okay, so let's talk about one of the first expeditions you had with her, the ice sail expedition. We talked already about the ice pressings and let's uh, focus on what happened after you survived these ice pressings, which were very heavy. Yeah, actually, it was the third year of the ICL expedition. We we talked about the the Northeast Passage or the Siberian coast where we got stuck several times. And in '93, we attempted the Northwest Passage, and uh, well, alas, we we got stuck in the ice again. And uh, it was in the so-called Prince Regent Inlet, and um, there were pretty severe ice pressures we we got some damage on the rudder on the steering mechanism and we got stuck there for quite a while and uh, we were running out of time and a uh, few of the crews still set up camp on on the entrance to the so-called bellow strait which is basically a shortcut in the in the passage but the the bellow strait was completely blocked by ice and uh, it didn't look like the situation would ease and and would get any better so uh, we tried to get as much information as we could but in these days you didn't have any satellite communication and um, also the ice charts were a little bit outdated and I, I talked to, to my friend Basil in Resolute Bay which is a major settlement in this area and he had access to some ice information we talked on, on the HF radio um, and, and we finally agreed that it didn't make sense to wait any longer uh, in this position so we turned back heading up north and tried another route through the passage through the so-called peel sound and that's what we did because it was already uh, september and uh, it, this means it was winter time in the arctic well not really winter time but it, it was fall and uh, the navigation period uh, was coming to an end and uh, so that means that the ocean starts to freeze up again in the beginning, it's just uh, what you call pancake ice. It's very soft ice, which you can penetrate and break up. But uh, eventually, it becomes 
thicker and harder by the day. And so that's why you're running on a tight schedule. And uh, so luckily, so the peeled sound was navigable. So there was ice, of course, but we always were able to find a lead in, in the ice, uh, between the ice flows and headed down south. And uh, so the only way we could go was through James Ross Strait, which is... Uh, also, the the same route Roald Amundsen in 1903 sailed with his ship, the Jura, and we we always had to negotiate some ice fields, but we we luckily we found always a way around them or through them and made good progress. And we were in fact in a hurry because we were running out of time as far as the season goes. And then you met uh, an icebreaker. The captain was an old friend. Yeah, that was a funny coincidence. So uh, uh, all of a sudden we were called on the VHF radio and I, I answered and said, the station is calling Dagmar on. And, uh, and then the captain answered, yes, yes, so that's a Terry Fox and the Coast Guard icebreaker. And uh, so we are staying here at Anchor uh, in a certain area and uh, we saw you on the radar coming and uh, you're welcome to come alongside and have a little rest and Uh, have a shower and whatever you need and so we 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 did happily accept this invitation of course yes. <laughs> and uh, a few hours later we we saw the icebreaker sitting there and uh, it, it was just uh, gorgeous i mean we just went alongside and and uh, the hatches were open and uh, so we stepped on board of the icebreaker and each of us had a shower and we could do the laundry and uh, we had a very very decent meal uh, on the <laughs> icebreaker and they they supplied us with all kind of wedgies and and of fruits and uh, it, it's this hospitality of the of the the coast guard guys which was just amazing and uh, it's as a government uh, vessel but anyway so it's it just uh, the way it used to be in the arctic so hospitality is is a very very important and uh, so we really enjoyed it and were very thankful You must have spoken to the captain of the icebreaker on board. What did he recommend for the further route? Well, the captain was very gentle, actually. So he waited until we were all well fed and 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 uh, properly showered, and and uh, so somebody else was taking care of the laundry. And then he invited me uh, on the bridge, and he just um, went through all the ice charts he had access to. And of course, the Coast Guard has all the the update information available. And uh, he gave me a, a lot of recommendations where we where we should go or where we rather should not go and he was very serious looking at the at the timeline because we were running late in the year late in the season and he says right now the ice situation uh, further to the west looks uh, quite good but it can deteriorate by the day and we should not waste any time we should proceed as fast as possible further to the 
west because um, whenever we get to the Bering Sea, we still have uh, a long way to go before we find uh, a harbor because from the place where we were, there was just one settlement ahead of the icebreaker, Cambridge Bay, not very far from the icebreaker where we would stop for, for two days or so. But after that, there would be no harbor, no shelter really where we could hide in case we run into some severe weather. And uh, that was very likely that we would hit some storm on our way because of the fall of the gales and, and storms that uh, will eventually develop at this time of the year. That was the biggest challenge you would have to face. Yeah, we were lucky to escape the ice. And of course, there was always a danger that we would uh, get trapped in the ice on some stage because the ice is shifting. It's not stationary. So it's shifting back and forth and it travels with the currents and, and uh, mostly with the wind. And so uh, that's why we didn't want to lose any time. But on the other side, uh, it, it was a time of, of the storm season. And, and that's why we had to, to hurry. And uh, you got into a storm. Yeah, further to the west. So uh, it was close to the border to Alaska, but it was still in Canadian waters. There's an island called Herschel Island. And uh, there's is, is a bay. It's rather shallow in this area. And uh, we we got a storm warning and we could feel that the weather was deteriorating and uh, so we went into this bay and we dropped anchor but it was not really sheltered but be because the the land is very uh, flat and you you do not have any any shelter behind the mountain or whatever so you're just very exposed to the storm that came offshore but anyway it was uh, building up to 70 knots so it's 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 really really storm force winds and um, it was uh, late september already or mid-september I, i don't remember uh, at the stage but um, it, it was snowing it was there was hail there was it was uh, it was cold and uh, and you had very short and steep waves even in this bay where we were stayed at anchor and it was pitch black so the storm was Uh, strongest in the middle of the night and uh, that was a little bit of a nightmare and during this storm the the anchor chain um, was torn wasn't it Yeah, it broke actually. And uh, so uh, we, we started the engine and we just uh, tried to keep our face in, into the storm and, and staying close to um, uh, to the land because that was the only shelter we could see and, and could find. Because if we would uh, turn out to sea, there was, would be very, very rough sea out there. And so we tried to, to stay basically in position and uh, try to fix another anchor. And that was, uh, was, was a pretty serious situation. Wow. First the ice pressings, then the storm. Which situation was more challenging? Well, it's it's hard to say. So it's it's a very different situation you were in. So if you're in, in ice pressure, it's... Uh, Yeah, it's it's a totally situation than being in a storm. A ship is made for the sea and also for for storms. Uh, and basically, a ship that is trapped in the ice cannot maneuver. 
yeah, you can't maneuver in the ice if you get into ice pressure. So uh, this is a very serious situation. But if you run into such a big storm, you still can maneuver. And, and that helped us a little bit um, to, to stay in position where you found relatively uh, safety but still it was a very serious uh, situation because uh, we didn't know how long the storm would last and if it would even pick up and uh, if the the anchor would uh, hold uh, the next one and and uh, what would come up next so uh, it was not easy but avid somehow you made it you passed through the bering strait After 186 days and 8,154 nautical miles, you were in the Bering Sea. So at that point, the Northwest Passage was done, right? Yeah. Uh, just to explain, so one, one nautical mile is 1.85 kilometers. So uh, uh, it's, it's a long way to go. And uh, so uh, and, and if you pass the Bering Strait, so you, you actually manage to get through the Northwest Passage, but you still have a long way to go. And there's still no, no harbor in sight. So it's still a long way to go to, uh, to the Aleutian Island, which is a chain of island. It's also called the Ring of Fire because the island uh, consists mainly out of volcanoes, active volcanoes. And uh, so the Bering Sea is a notoriously stormy and rough stretch of water compared to the Drake Passage in between Cape Horn and Antarctica. So with, with many storms, especially at this time of the year, And it was tough going, but the weather was not as uh, nasty as we experienced close to Herschel Island. But still, it was <laughs> it was tough going, and uh, uh, we we were very relaxed when we 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 reached the Aleutian Island. But anyway, between these islands, you have of course water, and they are called passes. And in, in between the island, these passes have very strong tidal currents and uh, if you have strong winds that is opposed to the to the current so you have uh, breakers all across the the passes and, and it, it can be very dangerous so you have to time it right so that you do not have wind against the current and that you travel with the tide and, and not against the wind and so you you just have to be focused and concentrated to the very end so and um, only once we got into the port of Dutch Harbor, which is a big, big fishing port, uh, we knew we we had done it and we were in safety and we could tie up good old Dagmar on and, and relax. So that was, uh, was really the day or the situation where we, uh, where we could uh, let go and, uh, and, and celebrate our, our uh, Northwest Passage adventure. What does this mean to, to the crew to face so many extreme situations, so many challenges? All of us were exhausted uh, and uh, because we there was always uh, some other challenge so if it wasn't the ice it was the weather it was something else and uh, so you always have to be concentrated and uh, some people uh, suffered from seasickness and they still have to go 
uh, on watch and, and do that job. And uh, so and uh, the ship was always uh, on the move. And uh, once you get into the port and yeah, and, and and put the lines ashore and tie up, and there were quite a couple of fishermen, and they knew exactly what we came through, and and they were very gentle actually, and uh, it's 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 a, a rough community in Dutch Harbor, but uh, once we got there, they were very gentle. Also, the harbor master and say, well, just tie up and catch some sleep and relax. And we talked the other day, and and that's what we did actually. So we were bone tired, and we went into our bunks. And and slept and uh, and had a drink, of course, before we, we we got into the bunk. And the next day, so we we just started to sort out things and started to talk to the people and it, uh, and relaxed. And uh, that's what we needed most. Oh yes, I believe that. Arvid, thank you so much for sharing this with us, and I look forward to listening to you soon. <laughs> All right, Babel. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. That was the podcast Ocean Change by Arvid Fuchs and Bärbel Fenig.